Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Turn to uh, 1 John and chapter 2. And uh, we will be referencing and teaching from Leviticus 16, 1 through 28. Uh, so I just didn't feel like you could handle Leviticus 16, 1 through 28. So uh, I will reference it. It's, it's, uh, it's quite a passage, but I just felt to go right to the key of what the Lord will be saying to us on this beautiful Sunday, October 9th, 2022, year of our Lord. 1 John chapter 2 and find the uh, second verse. First John 2 verse 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate, notice it's capital A, an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Who? Jesus Christ the righteous. He's your what? He's your advocate. Verse 2, key verse for this morning. And he himself, this is the New King James, is a propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours only, but also for the whole world. Let's read verse 2 again. New King James, it's that big word, propitiation. All right, we'll read the NIV. Leave it, leave it, leave it. Here we go. Let's read the NIV. It's on the screen. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let's pray. Father, move it in power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, you may be seated. We are going to look at Leviticus, Leviticus 16, and I'll be going through it in in some detail, um, I've entitled this message, Paid For. We are in a series, come on, somebody say, I'm paid for. We're in a series called Seasons, and I've chosen that based upon the season on the Hebrew calendar that we're in. And some of you might not be aware of that, so I, I wanna make you aware of that and why. And then I wanna bring some correction to perhaps a pharisaical spirit, those who would be under the bondage of having to keep feasts and holidays uh, and not in a way that the Lord would prescribe from his word. The reason for the series and why. Uh, we all go through seasons of life, but it's important to note that in the seasons of life, God also has seasons. I, they tell me I'm middle-aged. I don't know what that means, except I do want nicer and nicer automobiles. Somebody say, <laughs> Somebody, I used to see the guy go out and get the red car. I'm like, that's stupid. Now I want one. I don't know what's going on anyway. It's kind of a joke, but we all go through seasons of life. And uh, God has a calendar, he has times, he has seasons, appointed seasons under his own authority. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, there's a group of people called the sons of Issachar that knew the times and seasons. So if you don't know what season you're in in God, you know, you can miss out. And if you don't know what season in, I'm wanting grandchildren. It's not, not yet. 
but, but, but like, I can imagine that. I see a little grandchild waving at me. I'm like, that's going to be sweet. I'm going to want some more babies, but, you know, grandchildren. Not yet. When, it's, when the time is right. So it's important to understand that you not only have a season, and if you miss it, you miss out. And if you miss the seasons that God has for your life and God has in his calendar that God has in the earth, you'll also miss out. So it's important to understand the time and season you're in. It's also it's important to understand the time and seasons of God. So right in your notes, God has a calendar and there's seasons by, by, that are seen. There are three major pilgrim feasts. Now this is a review from like two weeks ago, the 25th, when I last preached. And we had a tremendous time with Evangelist Tiff and it was awesome. So just a quick review, and then we'll get into today's message. Uh, the feasts, these pilgrim feasts celebrated by the Jews. The Feast of Unleavened Bread or Passover or Pesach, that's what we call Easter, all right? That's when, that's when the, the death angel passed over the homes in Egypt that had the blood, the what? The blood, say it again, the what? The blood of the lamb on the doorposts and lentils of their home, the death angel passed over. Jesus is the lamb of God, as John the Baptist said, and his blood put upon the doorpost of your heart causes the death angel to pass over you. You missed a great place to say amen. And Jesus was crucified at Passover. That's important to note. Because all the Old Testament, the Old Testament is a picture book of New Testament reality. Come on, I'm going to teach you for a little bit. I'm going to teach you for a moment. But then when I'm done teaching, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm, at some point, it's, I'm going to get overwhelmed. I'm going to start preaching to you because I won't be able to help myself. I'm just telling you. So you might want to put on glasses or something because I'm going to be spitting at least three rows back. Not on purpose. You got to be careful. You sit in the front. The Feast of Weeks or Pentecost or Shavuot is another way to say that. That's when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And Peter preached from the book of Joel. That's not by accident. That's, that's on purpose. So these feasts, these types, these shadows, which Hebrews talks about, and we'll look at Hebrews in a little bit, that they're, they're unique in the Old Testament, and there's a reason for them, but as New Testament believers, as a, as a Gentile believer, now I went and, and spit on a thing and send it off, and they say I'm not Jewish. I was hoping to be. I don't know. And then I don't know that my brother is on the on the on the front here. You could do the same thing and find out you have Jewish blood. It just all depends. I'm serious. It all depends on like who you draw from or whatever. And I don't know. It's a little bit confusing. I just hope they don't take that and send it to China and then try to track me or something. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> oh my goodness, the <laughs> Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of, that's hysterical. The Feast of Tabernacles, all right? That actually starts tonight, not now. I had somebody tell me, well, it's already starting. Okay, okay. I, I've, I've, I've had all kinds of folks that tell me, you, you need to blow the shofar in church. If you don't blow the shofar in church, you're not. Ever, okay, well, I'm fixing to hog tie all of that this morning because I just need to. I just, I just need to. Raise your hands to heaven and say, I have no idea what he's talking about, but it's going to be good. Come on, come on. <laughs> Maybe some of you do know. I will tell you, go look at John 7, verse 37 is 38 later. I mean, you can find it now if you want to. Write it in your notes because I'm going to preach on it next week. It is one of the most profound texts. And it's, it, this is Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles, John 7. 
It's the last day of the Feast. The Feast of Tabernacles starts tonight at sundown, and it lasts for seven days. So by the time we come together next week, you all here? It's cool. It's cool. By the time we come together next week, I'll be preaching on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles from a text where Jesus preached the most incredible illustrated sermon on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, John 7. So he, he preached in John 7, the Feast of Tabernacles, on the last day. And it says on the last day of the feast, he, he begins to talk. Go, go read that. Go study it. And then I'm going to preach it next week because it'll be the last day of the feast. And I think that'll probably be my concluding message on this series of seasons. But that starts tonight. There's also two holidays as we review from the 25th of September. Rosh Hashanah, which is New Year, that started, or the Feast of Trumpets, and that started at sundown on the 25th of September. And if you were here, we had everybody bring their shofar, and we called everybody up to the front and said, go ahead and turn that thing loose. And it was powerful. It was powerful. And um, I've been blowing the shofar out my back door for, for weeks, and I'm really enjoying it. Somebody said, can we blow the shofar in church? No. Because <laughs> you make the person in front of you deaf, but there will be times, there will be times where we'll incorporate that as God leads us to. And, uh, and we don't have banners because somebody almost lost an eye. And there's just not much room here. And perhaps we'll change things in the new building, but, but perhaps we won't. So uh, we can have a banner ministry. Anyway, Yom Kippur. Everybody say Yom Kippur. Are you all in your notes? Okay, Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. So Tiff Shuttlesworth was here, and we had a powerful service, and he preached, and I mentioned it's the Day of Atonement. Today is the Day of Atonement. And, uh, but I'm not going to let it go by. I, I, I want to preach to you about the Day of Atonement today because it's too powerful to miss that. It really is. And I've preached to you about that before. Two things are demanded by God on these feasts or holidays. All men of Israel must come to the feast. All right, so you know what's happening right now today? In Israel, people have, people have traveled to Israel, and they are there. It, the Feast of Tabernacles is one of the great celebrations. And really, it's the only feast that's celebrated in the millennial reign, according to Zechariah. Come on, I'm teaching you. It is absolutely profound. And if you go there, you can go to Amazon and buy yourself a tabernacle. Did you know that? Go ahead and look. God dare you. Go to Amazon type in tabernacle for the Feast of Tabernacles. And it'll bring you up this little tent that you can put outside and you can go dwell, because that's what they're doing right now. They're dwelling inside these little, these little uh, booths. Feast of booths is another way to say it. And it's a reminder of what God did that he brought them to the wilderness and he provided. And it's, it's profound. That's what's happening in Israel as I speak. That's what's happening. I mean, I don't know what time it is in Israel, but some of you do. Let's move on. Why did God, why did God uh, have these feasts and high holidays? Well, again, in review, it's to celebrate his goodness. It's to help Israel keep focus. To help Israel to refocus, I should say. To refocus on God and to, to refocus on their calling. This is new information. Turn to Acts 15, and you can mark this. Uh, the, the Council of Jerusalem is a... Uh, it's really one of the first apostolic councils. And what they did, and, and in Acts 15, they discuss all this and put to rest for, for the Jews, if they want to, and for Gentiles, that you do not need to keep these feasts and holidays. And uh, that's upsetting for some. And, it, and, and, they, and they quote 
many people have quoted me from the Old Testament. It's, it's, it's a, a festival forever, time of memorial. It goes forever and ever and ever. But in Acts 15, to the Gentile church, he tells them, you do not need to keep these feasts. See, so if you think you need another thing to do to make yourself righteous, you're wrong. There's only one thing you need to do. There's only one thing you need to do. I said, there's only one thing. Come on, I'm going over here. There's only, come on, say there's only one thing. And that's to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that God sent him in place for your sin as the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation. That word propitiation means to avert from wrath. So there's only one thing. So if you didn't get the timing right or blow the shofar right or, or you didn't get the, oh I, oh, I missed it. You didn't miss anything unless you didn't receive Jesus. And in fact, you definitely missed it and you can remedy that today. Turn to Galatians 3. Well, mark, your, mark Acts 15. But th this council decided that gen Gentile converts to Christianity were not obligated to keep the feasts not obligated to keep the fast. They were not obligated to do these specific rituals, including circumcision and so on and so forth. They did, however, say there are certain things that you must not do as a Gentile believer that, Jewish, that Jews and Jewish believers also agree. So what's that? Well, it's right there in Acts 15. It says you don't drink the blood. Everybody say don't drink the blood or eat the blood. All right, so don't everybody say amen. It says no fornication. Everybody say no fornication. Okay. And it says no idolatry. Those are the things they said, okay. So the Jerusalem Council in AD uh, uh, 49 says you can't, no fornicating, no idolatry, don't eat and drink blood. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Okay, that's the same for Jews, the same for Gentiles. And the same for Jewish believers. Those three things are absolutely, you cannot do that. All right, go to Galatians 3. That's the apostolic decree, the Jerusalem quadrangle. And that's the, the purpose for that, is to eliminate this bondage. And there's a lot of discussions about it, but Galatians 3. I believe Pastor Karen, is, is it Galatia that did not receive the the Jerusalem decree, the, the, that's right. It, the, the decree in Jerusalem, I, I'm, I'm teaching you from my New Testament class that I'm in the middle of. The, the, the Jerusalem decree or the Jerusalem council, this apostolic decree was carried by Silas and Judas by hand to all the churches, the Gentile churches except Galatia. And he, look, what, look what the apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter three and verse one. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was crucified. I'd like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? You're foolish. After beginning by the means of the Spirit, you're now trying to finish by the flesh? Look at verse 5. So I ask again, does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard. So Abraham believed God, verse 6, and was credited to him as righteous. Go to Colossians. Quick, hurry up. I like the King James Version, so I'm going to read the King James right here. 
Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or with respect to a holiday or a new moon or Sabbath days. We've got people now. There's people now that say, well, you're worshiping God on the wrong day. It's the wrong day. Says who? <laughs> Says you. It's not the wrong day. Every day is your, you should have a Sabbath day, but every day is a Sabbath day. First century church worship God on Sunday because he rose on Sunday mornings. That's why. And there's many to say, no, it's the Shabbat. You can do that on the Shabbat if you want to. I'm, I'm the only, listen, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Some people are bound by these holidays and these things. Should they be honored? Should they be taught? I do believe so. Are they important? Uh, yes, I believe so. I mean, God has them. I mean, it's interesting that they're fulfilled in the New Testament. Come on, Jesus, poured, they poured out his spirit on Pentecost. But if you don't keep the Feast of Trump, you know, the Feast of Trumpets the right way, you don't celebrate the New Year the right way, does that mean you're in big trouble with God? Absolutely, positively, 100%. No! So just irritate. You can't tell that I get irritated by it, can you? I, it just irritates me. We're, we're, some of you were going to talk to me about that, and now you're not going to, and I'm, I'm glad. You're not under a religious bondage. It is not religious bondage. Now, I'm, I'm, not, mocking, I'm not mocking that. If, if you want to do that, you, you, you can. Just be mindful. You're not saved because you blew the trumpet right. I am mocking a little bit there. You're not saved because you kept the festival. You're saved. Your sins are forgiven for one reason only. And that is Jesus, the Messiah, Mashiach, came, died on a cross, rose again from the grave. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's what makes you forgiven, not keeping some holiday. And God does have seasons, and he does have these holidays that there seems to be revelation there that you don't want to miss. And I just feel like it can deepen our walk with Christ if we teach along those lines. And we tie it into New Testament reality. Am I being clear this morning? My God, where are we? All right. Well, I'll tell you where we are. Verse 17 in Colossians chapter 2. Let no man beguile you of your reward. Uh, no, sorry, verse 17. They're a shadow of the things to come. Talking of these holidays, talking of these feasts, talking of these Sabbath days. They're a shadow of the things to come. But the body is of Christ. Now, this is the King James. Jesus fulfilled it all is what he's saying. So don't be under religious bondage. Bump your neighbor and say, don't be under religious bondage. Okay, so the past week, let's get into this. Leviticus 16, 1 through 28. I'm going to reference it. I didn't read it. It's rather lengthy, a little bit unusual. Uh, this past week, Jews celebrated Yom Kippur. It's a day of atonement or propitiation. Uh, that was October 4th and 5th. It was Wednesday. And uh, atonement comes from an Anglo-Saxon word to be, to be made one. Or here's how, here's how I remember it. Everybody say atonement. Okay, just kind of break it up. But at one men. That, that atonement makes a covering or makes you one. It removes a dividing wall. All right? So atonement. The Day of Atonement in the Apostle Paul's day was called the Fast, Acts 27.9. Why the Day of Atonement is important to us today? Well, it's a shadow, as I just read in Colossians. It's a shadow of what Christ fulfilled. Everybody say, Jesus fulfilled it. Jesus. Absolutely. 
Hebrews 10 and 1, the law having a shadow of the good things to come, but not the reality themselves. That's a great scripture to memorize, right? If somebody wants to ram your, down your throat, Old Testament law and, and the sacrificial system. Jesus fulfilled it all in Hebrews 10, 1. Amen. It's a shadow of things to come, but not the reality. Everybody say it's not the reality. And it reminds us of what Christ did on the cross. And we should all be reminded of that every day. You should never forget what he's done. And so it's beautiful to remember that the Day of Atonement went on this Wednesday just passed. And as beautiful as a New Testament believer to say, man, he died for me. So I don't have to keep all the festivals and all the holidays, but I can honor them and realize when they come and bring a remembrance and bring a refocusing and, and allow for God to have his work in me. And this whole time what they would do is they would repent. They'd repent from the new year. It's the days of awe. Everybody say it, the days of awe. Days of awe in Jewish and Hebrew understanding. Then so the days of awe, you'd repent. You'd, you'd just examine your life. How many of you think that's a good idea? That's a biblical thought. Come on, take a look at your life. I did. I got, I, got, I got filleted by the Holy Ghost last week. And I obeyed. He rebuked me. I mean, I, got, I went to the woodshed. Anybody else been to the woodshed? You know, that's an old expression. That's it, taking you out to the woodshed. They, they should probably do that more often who wouldn't have so many lazy millennials. Did I say that? If you're not a lazy millennial, then don't be offended. But I'm just saying that there's a lack of proper parenting. We are in trouble this morning. When I was growing up, I felt like I could have used some extra parenting. So, yes, that's true. And so when I got saved, I prayed this, one of those stupid prayers. It was actually a really good prayer, which was, Father, would you father me? He said, deal. So anyway, I went to the woodshed. The Lord took me out there, and I got, I got corrected. And I made the correction by the grace of God, and I can't tell you what it's done for me. It's just been beautifully liberating and amazing. Some of you need a spanking right now. Come on, just lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Hey, I'm not talking about child abuse. I'm talking about correction. I've known 50 and 60-year-olds that act like they're 15 because they never got corrected. Not here, of course. What happened on the Day of Atonement? Well, the high priest would take a bath. You can go look at that five times, and one day you had to take a bath. Somebody said, it sounds like my husband. Well, awesome. Uh, he had to take a bath, and um, he had to put on this sacred tunic. This is right from Leviticus 16. And um, he'd take these, these beautiful linen garments. The priests had to have linen close to them because there was, it's a picture of no sweat. The linen is, is cool. It was sacred. Uh, they would enter the Holy of Holies, and to go into all of that understanding is you know, painting a picture of the, of, the, of the temple, outer courts, inner courts, the holy place, the holy of holies. The holy of holies is where the Ark of the Covenant was. And so one day a year, he would go in on the Day of Atonement, and that's what was celebrated on Wednesday. And he would sacrifice the bullock and the goat. Everybody say the, the bullock and the goat. And uh, that's verse 8. It cast lot for these two goats. One goat for the Lord, and one, the other would be the scapegoat. You ever heard that term, scapegoat? How many of you ever heard, raise your hand if you ever heard the term scapegoat. How many of you know where it comes from? Right here, Leviticus 16. 
and a scapegoat. You know what that means? It's like my family scapegoated me. What that means is that your family then blamed you for everything that went wrong. So the scapegoat, they'd lay their hands on this goat and the transference is a laying on of hands. There'd be a transference of their guilt and their sin and they send the goat out into the wilderness to, or to uh, Azalel. The pronunciation is not quite right. Azalel, and he's seen as the chief demon or even the devil that caused rebellion, and he'd be sent out, and the goat would be sent out with the, the sins of the people on the goat. Aren't you glad we don't have to do all this? But it is interesting to note, and there is many prophetic, um, uh, prophetic types in here, and you can, you can really study this whole thing out and, and, and find New Testament application. Just You don't have to go buy a goat today. Come on, somebody say, don't buy the goat. All right. The blood of the bull, bullock and the goat was sprinkled on the horns of the altar. The carcass of the bullock and the goat would be taken outside the city and burned. That's very important. Taken outside the where? City and burned. And what did the people do? They would fast. They would give a special offering, a special gift. Leviticus 23. What was the Day of Atonement for? I'm glad you asked is to avert wrath over God's people. Secondly, it was to ensure that God's continued presence was there and, 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 and the destiny, Israel's destiny. It's, it's a picture that if you don't do this, you, then I'm not with you and, and you're not fulfilling anything I called you to do. So it's a big day. It's a day of reckoning. It's, it's the day of atonement. It was to remind Israel that in spite of the daily, weekly, monthly sacrifice, nothing was fully atoned for. Even in the atonement, it wasn't a full atonement. It was, it was partial. It was, just, it was a type and a shadow, and it was partial for the Jew. Jesus' death fulfilled the Passover and the Day of Atonement. This is a part where I might end up preaching right here. The blood of Christ. In Matthew 26, I'm going to look at a bunch of scripture. If you can get it up on the wall, on the screen, that'd be great. Matthew 26, 28. This is the blood of a new covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. It's a picture of blood being on the mercy seat. In Hebrews 12 and 24, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than that of Abel. In Hebrews 9 and verse 11, when Christ came as the high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through, listen now, bump your neighbor and say listen. He went through the greater, more perfect tabernacle that is not made man-made. That's to say, not part of this creation. He did not enter by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but entered the holy place once and for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. What does that mean, the, not the, the greater, more perfect tabernacle? What does that mean, Pastor Daniel? God spoke to Moses, and he made the tabernacle in the wilderness, and then later that model, that model, which is a model of one is in heaven. Come on, somebody say it's a model of the one in heaven. Okay. Come on, I have a, I have a, um, I have a uh, P, what is it, Mustang, P something, airplane. What's it? Come on, Chris, it's your favorite airplane. It's mine too. I can't. It's a P-51. Thank you. I have a, a P-51 Mustang model. It's, it's sweet. It's no way near what the real one looks like. 
And I could throw mine across the room and it would be amazing. But it would be no way near like sitting in a P-51 Mustang, the real one, and shooting through the valleys of Alaska. Give me, whoa! Wouldn't that be amazing? Okay, that's a picture. The real one. There's a real one in heaven. A real tabernacle, a real temple. Can we say it that way? The tabernacle and then the temple was said follow. So he's saying in Hebrews 9, raise your hand if you're with me. Okay, so he's saying in Hebrews 9, he said, Jesus came and sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat of the real thing, not the one made by hands. All right, Hebrews 9, turn there. Hebrews 9, up on the screen if you can. Verse 24, Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself. Now to appear, oh my. <laughs> now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood is not his own, referencing the Day of Atonement. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since creation of the world, but now he has appeared once and for all. Everybody say once for all. To the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face the judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of the many people Oh my God. You've got to get a hold of this. If you talk to a Jew that really understands the law and really understands the sacrificial system and you show them that Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and you preach Hebrews 9, preach, just read the text, it preaches all by itself. You share that. It's all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, he, he is the one. Come on, he's the one that paid for your sin and he's the one that redeemed you. This is the preaching part. I'll try not to spit. He's the one that redeemed you. He's the one that washes you. He's the one, not the holiday, not the, not the festival, not the, come on, not the, 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 the specific day that you all worship him. He is the one. He's the one. He's the one. Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world for all who put their trust in him, for all who repent of their sin. I couldn't say it any clearer. So you say, if I, if I believe in him, that's not enough. If you have a biblical belief in how the Bible would define it, then I would say that'd be enough. But today, people say they believe and live like the devil. Now, First John, you can go read that. If you say you believe and you don't live according to God's word, then you don't really believe. The Bible says in the book of James that even the demons believe and tremble. In America, there's many people that, that say they believe there's no trembling. Now, to believe biblically is to understand that it's true, that it happened and it's real, and to understand your place in it, and then that would then bring a clear change to your behavior and what the Bible calls repentance that you would then change and say, oh God, forgive me. Forgive me for all of my sin. Lord, washing the blood is not covering over you unless you appropriate it through by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. My God, come on, somebody say amen. Woo! 
He suffered outside the gate just as on the Day of Atonement they would do the sacrifice and send the goat out. He suffered outside the gate, Hebrews 13, 11. Pardon me, 12. And so Jesus also suffered outside the gate. Let me read verse 11. The high priest carries the blood of the animals into the most holy places as sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus, everybody say, and so Jesus. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. I'm gonna read it again. And so Jesus also suffered outside the gate, the city gate, to make the people holy through his own blood. Through his own blood. I am made holy by the blood of Jesus. I am washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I am redeemed by the, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. He washes. It is the blood. It's the blood of the Lamb that cleansed me. It's the blood of the Lamb that cleansed me. I've been washed. By the blood, I've been redeemed by the Lamb. I'm making up my song, cause I can. I've been redeemed, I've been redeemed, I've been redeemed. Mm, yeah, yes, redeemed. Come on, somebody say I'm redeemed. You say, do you have to get so excited about it? My God, I was headed to hell and he saved me and he washed me and he cleansed me and he made me new, he made me new. Come on, Daniel, get on the keys for me. Lift your hands to heaven. Woo! Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, just talk to Jesus. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Come on, talk to him. Come on, thank him right out loud. Oh, the blood. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Matthew 27, go there. Never gets old for me. It's a good scripture to memorize and to meditate on. I've been made holy. Now, when you understand that you've been made holy by the blood, that's imputed righteousness. It's given you didn't do anything but believe. But after that, when you really understand what he did for you and me, when you really understand how he washed and made you clean, <laughs> you'll live that way. You will live holy. You'll act right. In Matthew 27, the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. In verse 51, at that moment, Matthew 27 to 51, at that moment, 
the curtain of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. Curtain of what temple, pastor? You know, the, the, the model of the one that's in heaven. So he, he died six hours on that Friday, the Lamb of God, and he didn't, didn't enter into a temple made by human hands. He, he entered into the more perfect, the, the one not by made by human hands. He entered into the tabernacle. Of, he went to heaven. There's a mercy seat in heaven. And he sprinkled his blood there. The final, that's it. That's over. That's it for those that believe. There doesn't need to be another festival. He is the Sabbath rest every day. Every day he's the Sabbath. Every day I rest in God I do because he saved me and you. Hey! He, <laughs> Woo! Come on, Pastor. Pastor Karen, give me an amen. 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 And it says, it's Josephus, a Jewish historian who never became a believer in Christ that we know of. He recorded that on that day when Jesus was crucified, some supernatural things happened. This is somebody who's not a believer in Christ. And so the historian said, what happened is rocks were split Many dead people rose from the grave and this crazy thing happened at the temple. Say, what's that? The temple curtain, which I just read, was ripped. First of all, temple curtain is about as thick as my hand, this way. It, it was, it's not something, I mean, I've seen some people rip some phone books, but I'm gonna tell you, you, you couldn't rip this with your hands. There's no way. And the other thing is, it's so high that nobody could get up to the top to rip it. You need a man lift, and they didn't have those. We got those on the job side, but they didn't have them. Wally, they didn't have no man lift to get to the top of the curtain. You know why? Because God didn't need a man lift because he just took care of it from heaven. Oh, we don't need that anymore. Ripped it. Come on, somebody say rip it. <laughs> he ripped it from the top to the bottom. You know why? Because the high priest doesn't need to go in anymore. And the holy, the holy place, the holy of holies where God's presence was. I mean, they tied a rope around his ankle and put, they had bells on his robe. So if he did it wrong, he would die. But they didn't, you don't need a high priest anymore because the ultimate high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ, came and atoned for your sin, paid for your sin. The wrath that was headed to you, headed for me, was put upon Jesus and he took care of the final atonement for you and me. That's what that's saying. So no longer would the Holy Spirit dwell inside a temple made by human hands, but it would come and live in your heart, would come and live in my heart. That's why we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And together we are the nios of God, the dwelling place of God. See, do you have to get so excited? I can't help myself. It's so real. I was locked out, but I can enter on in now. I was locked out by my sin. I was separated from God, but now I can boldly come. I can boldly come and lift my hands and sing and worship. I can dance. I can blow my shofar if I want to, too. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Are you getting anything? It's only 10, 15. Preach myself happy. It's a choice you make to cross over. People don't have a clue about what Jesus has done. That's why I'm preaching to you what I'm preaching. This is not some stupid religious thing that we do every Sunday morning. This is real. 
Ephesians 2 and 19, consequently you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. He's talking about the church, but rises to become a holy temple of the Lord. Verse 22, Ephesians 2, 22. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. That the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. Let me just stop and say this. You'll get a hold of this, and I believe that there's many that have. And I believe that I have, and I want to enter in to get a hold of more revelation. May God increase me and show me more. When nobody ever arrives, You're, God's constantly molding you, constantly making you, sending you to the woodsheds. You can go up higher. For the purpose that the manifold wisdom of God, let me read it again. That the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. What does that mean? That's this. He's saying that when the church understands who they are, that they've been washed, they've been cleansed, they've been redeemed. When you enter in to realize that Jesus lives on the inside of you, that the Holy Spirit has taken up resonance on that I am, you are, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when you realize that, then it's not about a feast or a festival. Yep, fornication, that's out. Can't do that. that that'll, that'll mess you up. That'll disqualify you. Can't drink blood. Oh, shucks. But those of you that like blood sausage, yeah, blood sausage is out. All the Filipinos are crying across the land right now. And there's no idolatry, which, which you have to watch, my little children, John, John, 1 John said. You're redeemed. You're washed. You're cleansed. When I realize that, when you realize that, when we realize that, something happens in the heavens. Something happens in the heavens. You know, there's three heavens. You're, the first heaven is right here. Second heaven is the place of the warfare. Ephesians also talks about that, the Apostle Paul. Third heaven is heaven itself. Satan's not in heaven. He's been cast out. There's no war in heaven. That's settled. There is a war in the, sec in the, in the second heavens or the heavenlies. And literally, when you realize this truth and you begin to live for God and, and that, based on that revelation, that manifold wisdom, what it does is it rips open the second heaven and releases God's power. It's, it, it declares to Satan and his demons, and powers of darkness. And I've been, the devil can't touch me. I am untouchable in Christ. Now, if you get outside of that, like you spoke to me to make some correction, I could have made a choice at that point to say, oh, do you really mean that? And then I could have shut down the conviction and just said, no, he can wink at that. It's all right. That's all right. Come on. That's a little uptight. Yeah, then, then maybe you open yourself up and you step outside the boundaries. 1021, I'm almost done. What Jesus fulfilling the day of atonement means to us, I'll just tell you simply, forgiveness and peace. You can be forgiven today. You can have peace today. Secondly, you can have victory. That's what I'm having. I'd enjoy it invite you to join me. It's quite fun. Victory. You can have love. 1 John 3, 16. This is how we know what love is. You want to define what love is? Here it is. Here's a definition of love. 
that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. That's what love is. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 13 gives you some attributes and definition of love. Colossians 1 and 20. Whole worship team now, please. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. This is verse uh, 19. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, to make peace through his blood shed on the cross. You once were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has, come on, somebody say, I've been reconciled. And reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish, free from accusation. There's freedom, there's blessing. D, freedom and blessing, healing and salvation. You know what the bottom line is? It's what I called the, I tried to get, I tried to give the, the name of the message a, a cute title. Because in the world of media, if you don't have a cute title, nobody seems to listen to it. So here's my cute title, Paid For. I was going to call it the Day of Atonement Revelation, but I felt like it just wasn't going to get as many, much viewage. And I'm not trying to get likers. I'm trying to get people free. So if people can hear it and listen, then they'll be changed. Come on, raise your hands to heaven and say, I'm paid for. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm paid for. Come on, say it again. I am. I'm paid for. God, thank you for what you've done today. The Day of Atonement last Wednesday celebrated the actual day on the calendar according to what you've prescribed, but fulfilled in Christ. So every day is a Day of Atonement, really, in the kingdom. Anybody can be atoned for any day, any time. Because you, you, oh God, took our sin away. You sprinkled your blood on the mercy seat of heaven. And all we have to do is believe. That's it. Just believe. Only believe, as that old song used to be said. Only believe. Only believe. Have faith. And only believe. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus. You want his blood to be sprinkled on your life so you can be cleansed from your, th- your sin, to be made new, to be born again. John 3, 16, you must be born again. You've never been born again before. You say, well, I think maybe when I, if you can't remember, the odds are you probably haven't been. You say, well, I prayed that prayer a lot of times and nothing happened. That's because you really didn't really repent. Because you really, really repent, something changes. It's supernatural. All across this place, those online in Indonesia, Massachusetts, in Dillingham, and in Nome, all across the world, potentially, would you just examine your heart right now? Have you been atoned for? Have you received his blood? You say, that's me, Pastor. I want to give my life to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you want to make a recommitment because you've been drinking blood or something. It's kind of a joke. In other words, you've been doing things that have disqualified you. I was going to say fornication, but I said drinking blood to try to add some humor because most people don't drink blood, but lots of people fornicate. You guys are, I'm going to go encourage myself. Amen. Amen. Come on, examine your heart. If you died right now, man is given one, one life to live. I read it after that to judgment. If you die now, where are you going? You don't have to go to a devil's hell. It was made for him, not for you. Receive Jesus. 
The only sin that God can't forgive you of is not receiving his gift, his payment, his atoning sacrifice, the blood of Jesus over your sin. He, the only sin he can't forgive you of is, is not receiving him. That's the only one. That's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not receiving Jesus. You got to do it. No matter what church you're from or where you're from, that, that's, you got to get that right. You say, that's me. First time recommitment, or you just want to be sure. Every head bowed, every eye closed, all across this place, those online, you say, that's me. Would you slip your hand up at the count of three? Want to get right with God? On the count of three, one, lift your hand at the count of three, two. Do it right now. Three, lift your hand. You want to get right with God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up all over the sanctuary. God bless you. Thank you. Online. God bless you. See that hand, young man. Come on, stand up all across this place and pray with me right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for loving me and thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. I pray, Holy Spirit, you fill and touch each and every one right now. I've got a, a team of people they are called my Connect Department. They're heading to the lobby right now. And if you received Jesus, you raised your hand or you didn't, but you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you can text us at 907-357-2065. Save. Just text SAVE to that number. We'll help you grow in the things of God. Or you can talk to one of them. They'll be out at that Next Steps desk. I hope you got something from God. Did you get something from God? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you.